are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Screener Squad. And today we're talking about what it means to be black in America. And Jewish. Thank you very much. And obviously the three hetero white males we've tasked with this just awesome responsibility happens to be my myself, Chad, uh, TC and Ryan. It's it's so good Hello. to be here to represent the the culture, the culture. This is great. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> We're talking about a movie called You People. It's on Netflix. Check it out. It's easy. Even though it feels like Netflix the past year or so is that dip and that flood of everything else is finally starting to sink in a bit. But it doesn't mean Netflix can't create good original content, especially when you get a person like Jonah Hill, who's been nominated for a few Oscars and is known to be really awesome to work with and blah, blah, blah. Getting together with Kenya Barris, who's been a writer on TV for a while, like for Blackish and Grownish, and he was writer for the, was it the Shaft reboot? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So two very talented people tackling a subject that's rough to talk about. And it's those moments I feel like come out in this movie. Basically, Jonah Hill's character, Ezra, Jewish kid, grew up super privileged is down with the culture like it's not like he's ignorant but at the same time you know he's still a white jewish kid from the burbs falls in love with amira who had a very different experience even though she you know grew up in a good home you know she didn't have generational wealth and you know all the loaded topics that come with being black and white in america (laughs) ezra and amira come together in, of course, an awkward circumstances where it even feels racist when they immediately meet. And that tone is set throughout the entire movie because both their sets of families are set in their ways. 
maybe one side is more defensive because you know they their ancestors were sold as slaves and came over from Africa and shit like that and while the other family hears that story and is sympathetic but also kind of like is overly excited about having this <laughs> addition to their family I, I mean, really, there, there's a lot of similarities between the the black uh, history and the the Jewish uh, Jewish Jewish people were the you know they were kind of the original slaves for going all the way back to the Bible. I'm quoting the film. I'm quoting the film. I'm quoting. The film. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that this movie goes there, and and it's not like it's the first movie to do it, but currently the time we live in, you know, it's it's different than some of the movies that have come out in previous years where we thought we tackled racism and fixed it. Mm -hmm. Particularly in a rom-com. I looked at it more as a comedy than a rom-com, to be honest. Yeah, definitely felt like it was trying to do a little bit of both. And I do think that, I mean, it's, it's an obviously a very appropriate time for a movie like this to come out. And I mean, I feel like we've, we've had movies with, similar premises for like a very long time. But I, I, and again, I think that the way that they updated it and the two sides that they created in this, I, I think I, again, I, I think it really makes sense and it feels more modern than something like, you know, like guess who's coming to dinner. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cast is also really, really good. Uh, I think that it was, a gr- I don't know, it's just great seeing Eddie Murphy in anything. I mean, he is just he's just a legend. And this is a very different role for him. Not I wouldn't say like a very overtly funny role, even though there are, he does have some funny moments. But it was interesting seeing him in, in this particular role. I feel like I haven't seen him play this type of character before. Subdued. What I found interesting about the way this is tackled, it's tackled from a very modern lens, from a 2022 lens, a current Black Lives Matter era that we live in. And a lot of the the conflict that is created is created from the parents only, not between these two people who fell in love. These millennials, they're in their 30s. And I wonder if this is a sign of how things have changed in not just the world, but in cinema itself, that having this sort of conflict is going to have to become more and more contrived, where... If you look at something like Vacation Friends, which came out last year, which dealt with like, oh, crazy redneck white people and their new black friends. And oh, isn't it so different how different we are? I'm not saying that will never go away, but the way millennials and then Gen Z approach things like race relations and gender fluidity and whatnot, it's so foreign to them. It's becoming more and more foreign to them. For And I, and I, I think that's a credit to how we're the next generation is being raised of like, it's not weird (laughs) and it shouldn't be weird. So a lot of the conflict that comes out of this is from the parents and this older generational idea of race relations being a very, no pun intended, black and white, a very singular myopic view of race relations versus a younger generation. That's like what we didn't even really think about this. Like Jonah Hill's character, Ezra runs a podcast with his best friend, Mo, who is uh, non-binary or lesbian, I don't know, Like, but she's part of the LGBT community and she's black and they have conversations about the current culture of the world. It's coming from a younger perspective than what a podcast would be like if it was Eddie Murphy and Julia Louis-Dreyfus having the same conversations. Mm. And I think that's just an interesting perspective that this movie brings, which I think Blackish and Grownish have, have brought too. And I haven't watched a lot of that show, but it is the modern perspective of 
this experience from a very ABC family point of view for those shows. But yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that those interactions between Ezra and Mo were like it was some of my favorite parts of the movie. And I found that they, they just, I feel like uh, Jonah Hill and Sam J who plays Mo just had like such good chemistry mm-hmm. there. And there's a lot of like, clearly like a lot of improv in this movie. And I thought that those interactions, like I, I could have even had like more of them. I felt like they worked really, really well. And I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed that the way that they, I, I really enjoyed the way that they played off of each other. Mo brings us up that, race relations are never going to be okay. Like it's never going to be okay. Like you could, uh, they compared to dating. Oh, right, right, right. The, the white man mm-hmm. is the cheater in a relationship. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what the cheater does to make up for what they've done. They've always been a cheater. And that is how black people perceive white people. It's a pretty good analogy, honestly. Yeah. I mean, especially in that point in the movie, it really hit like in Jonah Hill's character. Like, I don't think he ever, says like oh i'm for the culture that means i'm 100 percent clean like he understands his sins because he like chastises his mom the way she acts and all this other stuff but you know he does feel like he's on that upper end there and it's you know at that moment where he scoffs at the idea like oh we'll never be friends there's a realization later in his character is like no i i agree like i believe it and it sucks but it's reality and I think that's in a way okay. I think that people who say they're colorblind are fools to to say so, that you should perceive different cultures. You should, to a point, Not I'm not trying to say it in a prejudiced, racist way. I'm saying that it's important to acknowledge the differences, but there are similarities as well. Overbearing mm-hmm. parents are overbearing parents. Jonah yes. Hill says it himself. He might not be able to understand a black man, but he understands an asshole. Yeah. And I think that's a very powerful statement and it's 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 weird and i I guess it makes sense because so both families have their antagonist uh for amira it's her father played by eddie murphy and then for uh ezra it's julie louise dreyfus's mom shelly but both their like paramours are there but they really don't contribute as much they're more of like reinforcement of the the bad negative thing that sure, yeah. can come David out of David Duchovny and Nia Long. So I guess it makes sense not to have all four of them be complete idiots or assholes. A different comedy would have gone there. Yeah, exactly. It definitely felt like it sucked not having those secondary parents, but I understand writing-wise why it, it happens. But what we get out of Julie Louise Dreyfus and Eddie Murphy is gold, as awkward as it is. I mean, and it depends on how you view this, too. We're all three white dudes, so I'm sure we were more embarrassed during the Julie Louise Dreyfus scenes than mm-hmm. stuff with Eddie Murphy, where we probably laugh more, where we could glaze by it because it we don't have that experience. So mm-hmm. every movie should elicit different emotions and feelings to anybody, no matter race, color, creed. But this specifically, you should be feeling different things t- depending on the pigment uh, of your skin. Yeah, I wish I had seen this in a theater. And Netflix does this a lot where they have movies that very well should have been in theaters. And this one should have been. I would love to have seen this on a Friday or a Saturday with a pretty good sized crowd of a rainbow of people to get those different responses. I'm, I'm reminded that of, would have been interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm reminded of No Way Home. In No Way Home, Ned's grandmother says some stuff that's not subtitled. And in the theater, when I saw it, 
people were laughing because they understood the language. And so there were jokes happening specifically for a type of people that they were getting something. And I found enjoyment in them being amused. And I think you're right, Chad, that your perspective, your upbringing, your pigment is going to give you a different perspective to each of these characters. This is a funny movie. I don't, we're talking so seriously about race relations and I do think the movie has a conversation to, to be had about it, but it's still very funny and it's funny in different ways. There's a barbershop sequence where Eddie Murphy tricks Jonah Hill into wearing red in a crypt territory. So he's, I'm sure that would hit so much differently to people who like truly understand what's being done there versus the situation that Julia Louis-Dreyfus does when she goes to the spa. There's a nice mix. And I think having Jonah Hill write this with Barris gives it that nice amalgamation of perspectives. This goes to what you guys were were just saying about how everyone's going to have a different reaction. And I guess my I, I although I do like love and appreciate the message of this movie, I just didn't find it wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be. And I feel like I didn't laugh a lot. But that again, that that could also be because of who I am in my background. Like I the Ju- Julia Louise Dreyfus scenes were just like just cringe inducing painful to me. And I I am a fan of like awkward, like cringe kind of comedy. But it was just like. You know, just and there are people like that. I'm not saying that that it was like too exaggerated because there are absolutely I know there are absolutely people like family. Like I have known friends, family members who are like that. Fam- I have had family members who are like who who do some things that are like that. And it is I, I don't know, maybe maybe that will be funny to people. Uh, it was just it was insufferable to me. But I know I know that that's the point. But I guess for that reason, there were a lot of things in this that I I found more cringy than funny. But again, that's a personal taste thing. I connected way more, not those specific scenes, but I've been in those moments where I, I went to a Catholic school, had, I think, three black people in the whole school. And I go to college, I come back after a couple of years and I just bring home my black friend who's maybe like 20 years older than me. And holy shit, (laughs) the awkwardness, like, and and eventually (laughs) as time went on, they, again, it's, it's life. Like my, my family figured it out. Like this big, huge black man who's a musician isn't there to kill them. He's a cuddly teddy bear and he's a fucking amazing musician. And Mm -hmm. But like those moments were like, yeah, you know, I'm down with the culture or, you know, just making stupid statements that you have never said in your life. And it's just I've been there. And I and I guess those moments, while, yeah, they're cringy, I laughed at them because I I was reminded of my moments and how I handled it in the moment was just like, oh, God, like, I couldn't bury my head in the sand far enough, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Overall, I think the movie tries to balance the conversation, the message, the deeper stuff that wants to explore and tries to cut it with the all but funny because it's true, cringy moments. And when it balances those well, I think that's where the movie really works. But ultimately, there are some rather shallow cliche segments of this movie that every now and then I'd be like, oh, this is climbing up. This is getting really, really good. I'm going to get this higher point, higher point. And then it would fall into the tropes of rom-coms of meet the parents style comedy and then it start dropping down because it started to feel uninspired for what is initially an inspired idea and there's definitely like moments where 
it. And, you know, I, I like Judd Apatow, but sometimes there are I mean, I think everyone feels this way, but I, I just feel like there's stuff in his movies where they're just letting them go yeah. and go yeah. and improv a little too much. And I'm like, OK, you could have probably cut that down a little bit. And there were moments where I, I felt that way in this, too. And ultimately, I feel like just kind of like as a general I liked I don't know. I like the dramatic stuff in this a lot more than the comedic stuff. Just Me too. personally. Me too. I th- I'm with you on that, that with the when the conversation is really happening, that's the stuff that's the most interesting, especially when it feels real. Even though I might be laughing at mm-hmm. a comment being made, I'm laughing more in the sense of, oh, wow, that I, I get it. <laughs> I, I felt the relationship was real. And, and normally and I'm watching more and more rom-coms as I'm getting older and wiser and less sexist about watching rom-coms but i feel a lot of times like i just watched maybe i do and it had a really like a really good cast and all this other stuff but i think the weakest part of the whole thing was the couple the the ones that were going to get married and were thinking about getting married so it was refreshing to have a a couple i believed in and be a couple i could see myself being yeah yeah their chemistry is really good in this that they feel like a real couple I agree. There's there are like the bathroom scene where they're brushing their teeth and combing their hair. It feels very relatable. Yeah, they both had they they definitely had great chemistry. I love the the actress who played uh, Amira to Lauren London. Like she was she was great. And they yeah, they just worked so well together. I thought I've seen that. There's a reference to Chris Rock's documentary about hair. Am I wrong? Is she in that? Isn't she one of the commentators in it? I could hmm. be wrong. I, I I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I actually haven't seen she it. Might be, but another uh, weird connection. Uh, David Duchovny had exhibit in his uh, <laughs> yes. in one of his X-Files <laughs> movies. I think I want to believe. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so funny. I, I, th- I think it was a totally separate whatever. But yeah, I enjoyed this movie and I didn't think it was going to be good because it was dumped off in January and it's on Netflix. And again, no offense to Netflix, but a lot of times... And again, this isn't a perfect movie, but I think the conversation it's trying to have and the people that it's casted to convey or, you know, have that conversation is I solid B effort, I think, overall. Um, So anything that I could be normally nitpicky about, I'm really not. I do agree with TC that this I, I watched it alone and I laughed out loud, but this would have been way better in a crowd. Um, uh, which is unfortunate, but you know, it's the times we live in. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have anything bad to say about this. I think Julia Louise Dreyfus, I, I, as she does more and more, I love her more and more. Um, Jonah Hill, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Is he going to be taking a break soon from acting? Is if one of those actors or is, are those just rumors that I hear? And He takes sabbaticals from time to time. He's very open about his mental health. And uh, there's actually a really excellent documentary on Netflix right now that I'd recommend as well. That yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet, um, but I do, I'll, I'll definitely get to that because close to my heart. But yeah, Eddie Murphy, he's funny in this, but he's not the normal Eddie Murphy funny like he's. He's brought way down, but he's still there Um, and he's a very imposing force. So I I think it works. Um, Yeah, overall, you know, I don't want to see a sequel to this or anything, but if the same team got back together and did something else, I'd watch it. So seven and a half out of ten times where Jonah Hill just like flat out lied about knowing the culture 
Because <laughs> that's exactly what we all do. Like, yeah, of course. Fucking. I've heard of that. I love this song. I love this song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. N word in Paris. Is this <laughs> who, who is in Paris? <laughs> yeah, who's in Paris? That, that bit really Friends got me. That bit Paris was great. Really got me. I think it's Friends. Yeah. In if you're a Jonah Hill fan, I actually think he's in top form here. He's self-deprecating, which he's always been quite good at. And he tosses some nice improv moments without it becoming, at least for me, I know Ryan disagreed, but it didn't feel like that Apatow find it in the edit, never mind, we'll use everything style. If you're a fan of Eddie Murphy, especially modern Eddie Murphy here, he's not his yelling, screaming, or breaking into his, woo, ha, ha, everything I've got is gold, even though most of it's not style. Everyone in here is used pretty perfectly. Even Duchovny, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, Neil Long. I love seeing Mike Epps. I think he's hilarious, and I don't know what's happened to him. Where did he go? He should be around more, because for a stretch in the 2000s, he was like in every comedy. Uh, Dion Cole and Anthony Anderson have some good cameos in here, too. It's an excellent cast, and it's very talented and funny people who know that this movie is doing more than just making jokes about black culture and white culture and Jewish culture and actually trying to have a conversation about race and religion and social discourse. And it brings a neat perspective, a nice perspective. It brings a nice perspective that normal people may not have if they aren't seriously impacted by societal prejudices. It never gets truly dramatic or as deep as something like this could go, but it also never gets too overly caricature wacky, oh my God, that a lot of comedies would choose to go. And honestly, it's better than a lot of rom-coms that have tried this before. I had a few laugh out loud moments. And as I said, it would have been better in a theater full of a crowd. So well done to Kenya Barris and Jonah Hill for writing this. I'm going to give it a seven out of 10 tie-dyed tracksuits. I don't think I liked it quite as much as you guys, but I did like going into this. I really I mean, like it is an amazing creative team. And I agree. I would love to see whatever they do next. And I I do have to wonder, like maybe seeing this in a theater would have like kind of elevated the the comedy a little bit for me, because that that kind of environment is always way more interesting to see like a comedic movie in like with without a doubt. And that's something you don't get when your movie is just kind of like thrown onto Netflix. Um, I, I do, I agreed with something you said earlier, TC, I do feel like there are some scenes that kind of go into that like cliche territory a little bit, even though not too many of them do, but I guess, uh, for what I was saying earlier, I think that you'll get a lot of mileage out of this. If you do like that sort of cringe comedy that is kind of throughout this. And yeah, so I, 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 it is, I, I, I do see what you were saying earlier to Chad about that kind of just being so relatable that you found it funny. Like I do totally get that, but I, I guess uh, maybe I would have just appreciated seeing this, like take a, just be a little bit more dramatic and just kind of run with, with that angle, because I do appreciate the message and this type of story has been told a lot, but it, it could always be updated. And this is like, I mean, this is a great team to do it. I guess it just kind of, it didn't quite like hit, but it's not quite a home run for me, but I do think that, I mean, if you're, if you're interested in the cast, if you're interested in the, this, uh, yeah, if you're interested in Jonah Hill and this cast and crew, I think it's probably worth checking out. And I'm always interested to see what Eddie Murphy is doing. Cause I feel like this is, this is a really interesting role for him and it's not what I expected, uh, especially like after seeing the trailer. So I, yeah, I'm excited. I'm obviously like excited to see whatever he does next, but, um, I'm going to give it, uh, six Nike dunks out of 10. It's a good shoe. You're thinking that he's going to be the one that nobody fucks with 
because he gives off that vibe. But then first time you see Mike Epps character comes in, it's his brother. He's giving him shit, calling him his old uh, name. And he's like, no, I'm Akbar. That's why Mike Epps should be in more stuff, because when he shows up, he just injects this whole new level of, I don't know, comedy into certain things. <laughs> I was happy to see Matt Walsh in this as Jonah Hill's boss. And I cut, I don't know what size television or phone you watch this on, but on Matt Walsh's computer, when he's just having a meltdown as this angry financial guy, there was a news article on his computer that said, in Wakanda, they don't pay taxes. Why should you? So I think what we have now learned is that this movie is connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Shelly is an alias for Contessa. Yep. So there you go. It's about time Eddie Murphy's in the Marvel yep, Cinematic Universe. It's happened, Universe, folks. Honestly. This is an MCU. You, you People say MCU doesn't take enough chances or change up their genre enough. Well, here you go, folks. 